Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. TalkZone.com. Little sports talk here in the two guys. Mike will jump off the sports page as well as we are wont to do here on this uh, particular show. But we're so glad you could join us. Hope you're having a great start to your day. Plenty of sports to talk about, starting, of course, with the Olympic game. But we got a lot of baseball trades to talk about. We got some thoughts on college football, some little happenstances, if you will. And, uh, We'll meander around the rest of the sporting world as well. Coach of the Big Dog, at your service, a little bit of music, and then we'll kick the sucker off. Thank you very much, David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. And, uh, you know, in the comeback show yesterday after a extended time off, we did not even mention David Olson, producer extraordinaire, having baby numero tres. So now you are officially outnumbered. Congratulations to David and his lovely wife, baby number three, hath entered the world. I think we hit the two-week mark yesterday. Uh, baby's name once again, David? James. And James. And it's two weeks today. Two weeks to the outstanding. Outstanding. Any uh, acne yet? Uh, just the baby acne. <laughs> All right. Because I know the baby was uh, in tow for a while. So I think it was uh, the big dog that, that said, you know, he might be like picking up some of the traits of your early teen years by the time James is born. Very cool. Close to it. Very cool. Beautiful. Uh, congratulations, David. Hope the wife is doing well. Speaking of the big dog, Joel Radwanski, let's uh, bring in my partner, checking in. Unfortunately, he can't be here, but he is checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in maybe Aurora. Now. We'll find out in a second. Big dog, how are you? Uh, doing absolutely all right, especially now that the Cubs have made all these trades. Finally got rid of Ryan Dempster. Well, not got rid of They finally traded Ryan Dempster. What was it, about three minutes before the uh, trading deadline? You know, it's it's pretty funny. Is I was out at Subway eating lunch yesterday downtown, and Chuck Garfine comes into the Subway. And I'm like, Chuck, have they moved Dempster yet? And he looked at his watch, and he's like, not yet. I'm like, there's only like a half hour left. He's like, don't worry, they'll get it done. I'm like, in a half hour? Said, don't worry, buddy. And he walked out of the Subway, and he and he had ordered the most fit subway possible. I didn't realize he was so long and late, Coach. <laughs> Stone cold poker players apparently were Jed Hoyer and uh, our good friend Theo Epstein. They waited to the last second, refused to uh, give in, and then at the last second, it was the Texas Ranger, not the Brave or the Dodger, Big Doug. Surprised? Uh, yeah, absolutely surprised. And considering that the Rangers have, please don't take this the wrrong way, Ryan Dempster fans, because I think Ryan Dempster is a solid uh, major league pitcher, but he's a number two pitcher. And that's what the Rangers have, is they have five number two pitchers in their starting rotation. They didn't need, like, a a top-quality starter. They've got a bunch of those. They either needed, like, 
Justin Verlander or like uh, uh, maybe relief pitching. I was surprised they actually traded for Dempster. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. I thought I, uh, and I agree with you on that a little bit. I was curious as to why Texas would pick him up. But I thought a couple of people I heard you talking yesterday brought up a good point that I really hadn't realized yet, and that is that a lot of teams that can't win the division but are still battling for the wild card spot, which is uh, that's a good number of teams. With the new rule, Big Dog, the new rule is the wild card teams now in our one-game playoff. Previously, if you made it as the wild card, you were in the five-game series, correct? Yes, absolutely, but there's an extra wild card. Okay, but now with the extra, it's a one-game playoff, and it was a great point. And I didn't make it, I just heard it, but I'm relaying it. Teams were afraid to make big trades and give up a lot to risk it all in a one-game playoff, which I think makes sense. Well, I would totally have to disagree with those people because, you know what, if all it takes is uh, basically if you could be the fifth wild card team in, in previous years and not make it, and all they got to do is win one game in order to get into the 18 tournament. They've got to make the move because if you tell me, oh, that's that's just playing the lottery. Well, the same the St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series last year, and they were a bad team on September 1st. They were like, oh, we had a bad season. Next thing you know, a month later they're in the playoffs, and three weeks later they're hoisting the the World Series trophy. So I'm going to have to completely disagree with whoever just said that because that doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, I think it makes sense. I think you're, no, you're giving the reverse opinion. I think to say it doesn't make any sense is incorrect. But well, I hear what... To I, say, oh, to say, oh, yeah, well, who cares if we make the playoffs? I mean, we have... That doesn't, no, that doesn't no, make no. Not who cares, Big Dog. We're talking about giving away young prospects. Yeah. I, if, well, no. I'm going to be a little bit less hesitant to give away my young prospects if I know it's a one-and-done situation, we go up against one hot pitcher, one great pitcher from another team, boom. We picked up these guys and gave away our young prospects for nothing. If I at least got a five-game series, i get a better shot. Now, I hear what you're saying, and I thought it was some good point, but I don't think the other side is without validity. Okay, well, I guess it all depends on, on, on which prospects you're giving up. Are you going to sell the whole entire farm to get into a one-game playoff? Let's but, what did, they, what did they give up in order to, to get Ryan Dempster, Coach? You know, I don't know. A couple of the, the Cubs liked them, but they were Class A prospects, not AAA. They're not ready in the next year or two, I don't think, to head to the major league. So nobody particularly valuable. But, you know, as far as who they're giving up in, in using this as an argument slash example, let's assume they're not giving up the best of the best. You know, middle range. You're giving up some decent prospects that could be good players. Well, you don't want to give them up. And I didn't say you don't make the trade, but you're more hesitant now because of that one-and-done playoff. Yeah, and, and, and I know there's a, a few Cub fans, you know, that there's only a couple because it seems like most of the Cub fans that are still following the team day-to-day at this point yep. are the true diehard Cub fans, and they realize something. This is a great, great time to be a Chicago Cub. <laughs> now, maybe not a great time to be a Chicago Cub fan, but if you're in it for the rest of your life, this is the first time since I can ever remember that the Cubs dumped talent, good talent, at the trading deadline. Normally, they're like, hey, we're buying to go 82 and 80, and I could care less about those seasons, but it drives me crazy. Well, this year, they're finally like, you know what? We can't win the World Series, mm-hmm. 
and let's go out and try to build something for Cub fans uh, that actually know what's going on and that, that there's a future here. Because 10 years from now, Coach, I'm going to be a Cub fan. And 10 years from now, I'm going to care less whether they won 75 or 72 games during mm-hmm. the 2012 season. Well, and there's no there's no guarantees 10 years from now either. I, I agree with everything well, you said. There, there is no guarantee. There is zero guarantees, and that's why when you say why should a team throw away prospects for a, a, a one-game playoff series is because they could trade five prospects for one good player and all five of those guys suck. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I, I hear you on that side of it. But getting back to your point on the, the, the Cubs, you know, you're right. And logically, when have they ever done it, Coach? Well, but when lo- have they ever done it? Name a season where the, where the Cubs see- are like, you know what, we're out of it. We're just going to dump all of our talent mm-hmm. uh, that we're not going to be able to resign next year, so let's build for the future. When well, have they ever done you're, it? You're right. I, I don't know and, that and they, they have. Sucked. They've done it's it in 1908. What year? 1908? They've sucked ever since. Ah, it was a great year in 1908. I was very disappointed when they gave those prospects well, the, away. The point is the Cubs, oh, oh we're going to hold on to this guy. We have a couple pieces of talent. We'll build around him. That hasn't worked. So yeah. I, I think it's time to, oh, a guy's at the end of his contract, let's trade him and try to see if we mm-hmm. can build a whole entire system of prospects. So one year we can look down and be like, wow, mm-hmm. we've got pitching and catching and outfield speed and people who can make contact and power. But yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, okay, let's, yeah. let's do it one more year. Let's go sign two more free agents. No, I want to build within the organization. I it's think... about time. To, this is the first time they've actually, hey, let's get down to the basics of baseball and build with farm talent mm-hmm. and not by throwing money at our problem. And I think most Cub fans agree with that, Big Dog. I do, too. Logically, uh, you know, medically, intelligently, intellectually, you are absolutely correct. What bothers me and maybe a few other Cub fans a little bit is the lack of sympathy now that, you know, we, we, we were starting to get some wins and starting to have a competitive team. And I know in the big picture, maybe this season doesn't mean anything, but... You know, we live in the moment, and I still, you know, rooting for the Cubs to win each and every game. And again, I, I preface it by saying you're absolutely right. But I don't think people are, I'd like a little bit of love, a little bit of sympathy for the fact that a team that was going pretty well now is probably going to really stumble home like uh, you at four o'clock after a rough night of drinking. I, I, I could care less about those really? Cub fans that are that are worried about us. No sympathy for the 73-year-old Cub fan sitting in senior-assisted living? No, 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 rooting... no, not at all. No sympathy. What do you mean, not at all? Come on. None, none at all. Big none off. at all. Because quite simply, it is this. This team had no chance to win a World Series this year. I'm sorry, they might win three or four less games this year than they than they would have. Maybe more and than it's three only, or it's four. It's only about three or four. All I know is there's going to be 25 Major League Baseball players with Cub uniforms on that I expect to win a baseball game when they play today. Mm-hmm. I could care less if, if, if Reed Johnson, if they can't win without Reed Johnson, Giovanni Soto, Paul Mahalam, and Ryan Dempster, that's three to five less wins than they'll have by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that the people they bring up aren't better than Reed Johnson or Giovanni Soto? Obviously, mm-hmm. they're not going to be better than Mahalam or Dempster because they were pitching extremely well. But when you look at the fact that they had no good pitching under contract besides Garza going into next year, they had to trade people. And if you're 73 years old out there yep. and you're a Cub fan and you're upset about this trade, well, you're an idiot because, big dog. because they're not going to win the World Series this year. And the whole thing is 
is to try to build it. If you're 73, you only have a couple more years. Uh-huh. So why don't we build a team that within a couple of years has a chance <laughs> to contend for the World Series? All right. Oh, I can just see. We're very big, by the way, in the senior assisted living. And, uh, and, and those senior citizens are agreeing with me, Coach. Uh, they don't care so sure. if the Cubs go 72 and 90 or 75 yes, and 87 this yes, year. Yes, they do. And, and then if they do, they have been the problem the whole well, entire wait a time. Big dog, they're somewhere between one end and the other. We, I, we prefaced no, the by saying. Coach. No, there isn't. There's yeah. either fans that understand baseball like me, and there's other people that go to baseball games and get drunk, and they're like, oh, did they win today? Oh, great, they won. No, no, you know, there's no. No, that don't tell me to stop or don't tell me to, anything. The Cubs have never had a season <laughs> like this where they've actually – you can laugh. And don't you tell you to stop or don't tell you anything. Well, I'm, I will tell you to stop because I disagree with that thought to some extent. Well, the, 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 to some extent. The, yes. So here's the problem. The Cubs have never done what they finally did this year, ever. Yeah. Ever. They've never done it. And, whoa, what a surprise. They never end up loading their yeah. system up with other teams' prospects. You you did hear me say that uh, it was the correct move, intellectually the right move, and I think even my good friends in the Forget 70 to 90 feelings. market okay. agree with that. So you're forgetting that part. I said, yes, you know, the, we don't the, we don't disagree with making the move. All my point was that it does matter to 77-year-olds. So they're talking about, Coach? They couldn't, tell you the, they couldn't tell you 10 people on the roster. Yeah, you're worried about whether or not they're trading away talent. No, I'm just saying a little bit of sympathy for the fans that were starting to enjoy a little bit of a, a Cub feel-good, and they're starting to win some games, and now for the rest of the year, you say 3-5, to five, I would say unless one of the young pitchers come through, without Dempster and Mahala, might be more like 7-10, to 10, which is somewhat significant. So, you know, a good role is probably going to end. Again, it was the right move. And my good friends in the Senior Assisted Living Center probably agree with that, at least 84% of them. No, but, no, no, don't, don't talk. But what I'm saying no, is no, no one no. is sympathizing with the fact a little bit that, uh, you know, us rooting for the Cubs, we're going to lose some more games now. If, 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 if somebody is so worried that they're going to lose a couple extra games this season, they really got to get their priorities together. I didn't you got to get your priorities together. I'm not losing season, sleep over I wrote this season off on March 1st. Just to let you know. And I, all I begged for all year, yeah. all I begged for all year was to get significant prospects with the players that they had left on their roster. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not, we'll see what happens if Jack Wiggins and all these other guys pan out. But I know is they actually did the right thing. And if you're a Cup fan out there upset about the fact that they might not win 70 games now, uh, really? It's not, it's not the 70, it's, it's, it's not the 70 or the 72. It's game to game. You know, we're enjoying. The Cubs winning, the Cubs taking a series. you watch the game, you have new Cubs to root for and get to learn those guys, okay? And I'm sure all 25 of them, when they go out and play tonight, are going to be trying to get a W for the Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever, let me repeat this, for the first time ever in my lifetime, they actually made a concerted effort to try to set their team up for the next season during the prior season. That doesn't happen for the Cubs. They Mm -hmm. don't do that. They finally did it. They're okay. going to be significantly better on April 1st, 2013, because of this trade. Mm-hmm. And those wins mean a lot more to me, considering I'm going to be a Cub fan forever. Now, I'm not one of those fly-by-nights, and, oh, I'm going to go to the game to get drunk. Hey, hey they put up a good effort. They won today. Oh, did you see Darwin Barney with the homer? That's his fifth of the season. No. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. If I go to a Cub game this year, it is 
basically to figure out who should be on the roster for mm-hmm. next year. And, I, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get all upset if they win or lose. Right. I'm, I'm being totally serious, Coach. I'm not, I'm not the and drunk Cubs fan. But I, I live I, and die with this team. I'm not the drunk Cubs fan, but I can enjoy a uh, August 30th matchup against the St. Louis Cardinals. And if Darwin Barney doubles in the gap, brings up a couple of runs, and we beat the Cardinals, uh, you know, it's not going to make my day. I'm not going to go out and do jumping jacks and uh, backflips. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'll be happy. I'm, I'm still rooting for the Cubs to win again. Go, Cubs, go. Hey, hey, no, no, don't think I'm not. Don't okay. think I'm not rooting for the Cubs. But my point is, if you're a Cubs fan out there upset about this trade, you are completely baffled. And yeah. you're the, you have been the problem. You, If you're worried about giving up a couple wins this season, all right. that is, it's, just, it's just nonsensical, Coach, is all I'm saying. Please don't mm. defend Nonsense. No, I, you, you, I, I hope you heard the part that I said. I think, and I think most, the large majority of Cub fans are right with the moves. It was just a little bit of sympathy factor. But uh, by the way, real quick, as a sideline, you mentioned Jack Wiggins. I'm not sure who and or what Jack Wiggins is, but we uh, should the, mention. The, the, well, the, real the, quick, well, hold on, hold on. Before yeah. you give the Jack, let me just mention uh, Bradley Wiggins. I know David Olson was off last week, having child number three, or at least assisting. In the birth, Big Dog, you and me were off last week. We concluded the Tour de France. All 20 stages have been completed. And I believe uh, Great Britain, is that right? Bradley Wiggins from Great Britain was the winner of your Tour de France. I apologize. We did not give everybody stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France. But just to quickly mention, Bradley Wiggins did win the Tour de France. Thank you. Uh, when, When did the Tour de France end? Last week. Oh, so still the, the 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 British still haven't had any winners during the Olympics. No, but I will tell you what the Great Britain men's gymna- uh yeah men's gymnastics team that, that was, was cool, cool to watch. Team. That was pretty cool. Thing. That was pretty cool to watch. Absolutely. Now, who is Jack Wiggins? Getting back to the baseball. Oh, uh, just that uh, one of uh, a pretty good prospect for the Rangers, and the the Rangers wouldn't give him up, and the Cubs were like, "What if we pay Giovanni Soto?" contract the rest of the year and basically like not throwing money at the problem but making sure they don't go by cheap mm-hmm. and the Rangers are like okay if you pay him the rest of Sally we'll give you one of our top prospects so basically I mean it was just like I don't know I just everything they've done the last couple like the last week or so has made sense for the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs future and it's okay. just good it's good to see coach they're not just cutting salary they're like okay we've made mistakes as an organization mm-hmm. so we're going to pay for our mistakes and give us a young prospect that's going to make the major leagues like Jack Wiggins. Got some thoughts? Agree, disagree, or anywhere in the vast in between? The big dog and the coach. A little soiree here in the two guys in a mic show. 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. You mentioned Great Britain and um, how their teams are not doing so well. I, I had in my little notes from yesterday, too, uh, just as a sidelight during that men's gymnastics run by the Great Britain team, they ended up taking the bronze. Uh, Prince uh, William and Prince Harry were both in the crowd. And I just got to throw a little kudos out to those two guys, Big big Dub, because not just watching them there, but, you know, observing them the last two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years with everything they've gone through growing up, with all the stuff that they've, the hand that they've been dealt, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know what? They're they're pretty down-to-earth, pretty cool, pretty regular guys. Uh-huh. Eh, I just thought I'd throw that as a side. Like, I don't think that's easy to do in the situation they were brought up in. No, I, I'm going to have to. I, I, I'm going to have to totally agree with you on that one. On uh, considering, I know a lot of kids that were 
handed a lot of money as they grew up. And, yep. you know, they, they did become interns at WGN for like 10 years, and they think they're better <laughs> than everybody when they finally get a job there. Yeah. Like, you know, your your parents gave you a $5,000 a month, like, allowance. You know what I mean? Can you imagine what these guys have a month allowance? Oh, Harry, yep. you spent $1.4 million last month. And not Please. just the yeah. money, too, but the, you know, the public eye that they've been in from literally mm-hmm. day one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and they're both, uh, you know, they looks like both of them can party a little bit. Harry, I think, has got a little bit of a wild side to him. And um, how do you how do you pick and choose the female companionship if you're a if you're Harry Big Day? You got a lot of options. How do you how do you maintain? You you haven't been in a similar situation. You weren't a prince, but before uh, hooking up with Lily the Lilac, you were a somewhat desirable catch in the city of Chicago. How does a Prince Harry handle all that adulation? Um, that is a really, really tough question, Coach. And uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. Okay. Uh, I'll figure it out, though. I will before before the. I'll make sure he knows how to handle all the the, the women you know, coming after him. You just don't know who's real and who's not so real, and how's cool, and who's the actual right one. And you know, you got just a lot of options, a lot of options, and you got to. You got to pick out the right one. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't. I couldn't agree. Yeah. And he's going to have plenty, plenty. And and you know these people are fake. They know he's Harry the Prince. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, there there are literally tons of females that that. I don't know if it's a full time job, but there's a significant portion that you know make it in semi avocation. They target this guy and figure out ways how they can. You know, it's like playing the lottery. How they can maybe you know be the one to end up marrying Prince Harry. Yeah. No, you're right. The thing about it is, like, your whole life is totally different after yeah. that, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, I know you weren't, you weren't quite in the same situation, but uh, you had to you had to fend off a few back in the day, Big Dog. How was Lily the Lilac, by the way? Oh, she is absolutely phenomenal, Coach. <laughs> I, I, no, honestly, I, I mean, I have no idea how I ended up with this girl. Outstanding. She's legitimately, the, like, the sweetest girl that I, that I think I've ever met in my entire life, and I just happen to be mm-hmm. dating her. It's like, uh, That's outstanding. Are we at the uh, one-year mark yet? Uh, no. Okay. Technically, when we met and when we dated aren't exactly the same time, but ah. September 13th at about 5.25 p.m. Oh. is when I met her. So we're moving We're moving in on it. We're close. Okay. Definitely close. Speaking I'm of close, uh, do we not, with the big dog, and I got our phone number here if you want to check in, love to hear from you. Big dog and the coach, two guys at a mic, 888-463-6748. Phone lines open. Sports talk here with the big dog and the coach. Are you, um... You got a 40th birthday coming up here pretty soon, right? Yeah, yeah, you keep bringing that up, and and Lily wants is like, well, I would throw you a party, but Coach is going to take you to Vegas. I'm like, Coach is just talking smack. He isn't going to do any of that. So, <laughs> give me a hint. What month is it? Is it September or August? Yeah, it's September. Ooh. Wow. I'm gonna. I probably will be making a couple hundred dollars that day. I doubt I'm going to want to go to a party. You doubt you're going to want to go where? To a party because uh, I'm. Most likely going to be uh, like working that day. Oh, on your birthday? Okay. Well, we can. Doesn't have to be on your birthday, but we can find an open weekend. How do we combine college football and Vegas at the same time? Is, is Arizona- well, you, uh, Wisconsin usually goes out there once every other year and to, beats them fifty-six to three to play. Well, what about how close is Arizona State to uh, Las Vegas? I don't. Arizona. State. They I'm, I'm thinking is, this is in Phoenix. That's going to be like a four-hour drive. That's not coach. bad. 
That's not bad. We find a Friday night Sun Devil football game. And then, uh, uh, yeah, Saturday night football game in, uh, in Arizona State. I was only play Saturday night home game right. because is, it's is Vegas, uh, is Vegas open Monday through Friday or is it weekends only? I've never been there. <laughs> oh, I, I have never right. been to Las Vegas. All these years have never been there. All right. So. Well, don't, don't panic, but me and David Olson have just scheduled. I've decried an official, uh, post show meeting. Well, we will be going over uh, various things, including prices to Las Vegas. All right, but in the meantime, don't hold up your plans with Lily the Lilac because she's probably right. I, I, I'm assuming I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I wasn't really planning anything the best way I could yeah. tell you. All right, well, 40 is a big one. 40, 40 is a big one, no doubt about it. Uh, oh, by the way, we're to throw out a happy birthday wish uh, to one of our listeners to the new listener. Moved from Oklahoma City to the city of Chicago, Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim now listening to the program. Big Doggy turned 50 today. Wish Uncle Jim a happy birthday for you. Uh, happy birthday, Uncle Tim. <laughs> Not a lot of deep emotional feeling. What about, uh, we, we got so caught up in the sports world yesterday. Again, me and you have been off for, uh, close to two weeks here. We're kind of catching up. How is the kayaking tours going? Any good stories to tell our fine listeners? Uh, I, I don't know if I have any, any fine tours. It's been just absolutely phenomenal, Coach. The best thing I can tell you is we literally don't have any spots left until the middle of September. Wow. Um, so I, I had I had certain goals that I had for myself. I don't even want to bring up what happened at the beginning of July because you'll just turn it into something crazy. But, you know, I was worried. I didn't work for the first three days. And I was supposed to have like eight tours done by then. I'm like, oh, no. And then I ended up making more money than I even bowled out for myself at the mm-hmm. beginning of the, at the month. So it ended up being phenomenal. We are um, the busiest kayak company in the city of Chicago, nice. and our Yelp reviews keep on coming out as absolutely spectacular and amazing. And it, it's unbelievable, Coach. I, I go out on the water, and uh, I don't know people come back, and they're offering me jobs and stuff. It's it's really crazy. It's awesome. Excellent. It's really good. Excellent. Glad to hear it is going well. It's been, you know, weather-wise, it's been a great summer as far as the lack of cancellations. Big dog for those uh, new to the program, a Kayaking tour guide, not architectural tours, but what do you call it, Big Doug? Uh, Chicago historical tours. Historical tours. Uh huh. Interesting. Outset. Waterriders.com. Two hours in water riders, correct? No, just one hour. Just one hour. When did they change it? <laughs> uh, Dave, after working with it for 10 years, I, just, I know exactly how to. I wish I could see the Big Doug right now because that was like a little, little left shot to the lower abdomen. Uh- yeah, you should see me tomorrow because we're having. See, I'm a little worried by bringing uh, the next great uh, artist on on these airways. Oh yes, Matthew, mm-hmm. Matthew's coming on the the airways tomorrow. So I was going to actually come in studio. What's his name? Matthew. Matthew. I've already yeah, I've already told him that my co-host doesn't have a brain large enough to say his name. Take it and easy. He thought that was funny. Take he it, it was easy. Funny. So and it... then and then he promised because we were watching the women's gymnastics at the time. And he promised that he was going to get Team America into the interview at least three times tomorrow. Beautiful. Did you happen to see the gymnastics girls yesterday when they got interviewed? Yes, I did. I know I'm not about listening. These girls are 16 years old, and yep. I'm not making fun of them. But quite simply, like the, whoever is the organizer for like USA Olympics <laughs> yes. got these girls into a room and had them practice cliche yep. after cliche. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, it took a lot of hard work and teamwork. Yeah, yeah, we support it. I'm like so I'm team. so proud of my girls. I'm so proud of my teammates. Yeah, Team America, Team yeah. America. 
Yeah, uh, you're right. I had that. It was, you know, a great moment. The U.S. women winning the gold. Russia taking second. China. China all the way down to fourth place. Big dog. I can't say too many of us were overly disappointed to see that. But you're right. The inter- uh, you know, with Uncle Bob Costas doing the interviewing, it was um, it was pretty much the standard modus operandi responses to most of the questions. But again, yeah, 15 and, and 16 year old. And I kind of wanted to do the coach speak. You know, when yes. I was I, I wasn't in control of the, of the remote at the time, or else yep. I would have done it. But yep. like, this is what she's gonna say. So. <laughs> Did you see the vault early? I had to replay it. The vault by Megan McElroy. Uh, no, I did not, Coach. You need to YouTube that, my friend. They say it was the, and he, the announcer said it at the time, the greatest vault in the history of the game, David Olson. And the funny thing is, if you watch back on the replay, uh-huh. you can see one of the judges' yes. draw, jaws yes. drops. I, re- I replayed it for my wife, and, and I like, said, look. It, like, oh, my God. It was classic. Yeah. Blonde, blonde-haired judge. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's unbelievable she didn't get a perfect score on that. And it was like, even watching the replay, yep. there, was, there was nothing wrong with it. Yep. They were just like deducting to deduct. Yeah, even the uh, announcer, I think that's Bart Connor, local kid, by the way. Bart Connor, the gymnastics announcer, uh, did his high school gymnastics big dog about 10 minutes from our particular studios. But uh, he even said, the judge, he, he didn't even put question. He watched the replay and said the judges are wrong. There were no missteps. That should have been a perfect score. Yeah, you know what, I... I... You know, we get these guys like every four years, and you know, I, I forget who the was it uh, Red Buttons or whatever the heck his name is that does the <laughs> no that does Dick, the figure skating Dick for Buttons. Dick Buttons. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and he's awesome because he's just so critical. Yeah. Bart Connor is like he's so sensitive when yep. it comes to like the women athletes. When the men, when the U.S. team men team jacked up the other day, he was irate, coach. He was angry. Call it. It was so, it's like the difference. <laughs> yeah. Between, like Park Connor is so chivalrous. Like what's when, when the ladies? Oh, she's gonna. Oh, she's gonna remember that mistake. Oh, that's too. And then like the guy falls on. Oh, he just blew it. He, <laughs> I mean, like when that rascal kid yeah. totally messed up on the vault the other day. Oh, I thought goodness. he was gonna go out there and pitch slap him. Yep. Like yep. wow, Park Connor, chill out, man. By the way. <laughs> Orozco has to come back today and try to win the all-around. Young man who completely disheveled on the final day of the team competition. He's one of uh, – he qualified, Big Dog. He's one of the uh, top United States and top overall qualifiers in the all-around. So we'll see if he can come back psychologically. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that is – and I always say that, you know, like, to me it's more impressive when you fall down and you get back up than it is and when, yes. like, you're always – you know, oh, uh, I'm the greatest ever, and you continue to be the greatest ever. It, it shows a lot when you yep. get knocked down. Yep. So. Well, great example of that yesterday. And, again, our phone number here as we move into a little Olympic talk. By the way, I do want to get to college football. Got some news, notes, thoughts on that. 888 Dial it up, folks. We'd love to hear from you. A great example of that was Jordan Weber last night, who was the favorite to win the all-around for the uh, women. She lost a couple of days ago. Heartbroken, crushed, didn't even make. When I say lost, she didn't even make the finals coming up today. But she came back yesterday. She bounced back and performed great and won it for her team. Is that the girl that did the floor exercise? Yes. Oh my goodness, she was phenomenal. The, the one that had the floor exercise at the end that was that sealed it for the U.S. No, the end was the team captain, Allie Raceman. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but the second was, and actually, Allie, it was kind of weird. And I didn't see it, but the one you're talking about, Allie Raceman, uh, going back a couple days now, she had her last event, the floor exercise. 
Jordan Weber, her teammate, who was the second one to go, who was the favorite to win the all-around. She basically needed Allie Raceman to mess up. Otherwise, she would not make the finals of the all-around. So she's watching her good friend and teammate. And you can imagine the emotions. I mean, all her life, this has been her dream, the Olympic Games, to be the all-around champ. Two years ago, she was the world champ in the World Cup Games. And so, Uh you know, but she's watching her teammate. You don't want your friend and teammate to mess up all kinds of emotions. As it turns out, uh, Allie Raceman performed well, and and Jordan uh, Weber will not be in the finals tonight. Yeah, that's got to be rough because those girls are catty. (laughs) Hey, by the way, speaking of local kids, in the Michael Phelps relay team, and congratulations to Michael Phelps, his 19th medal all-time. Now, you know, people can argue he's the greatest Olympian or not because in swimming, you get opportunities for lots of medals, but let's not get into that argument now. Phenomenal performance, Phelps and the relay team won. But a local kid, Big Dog, from Winnetka, Loyola Academy, Connor Dwyer, was on that relay team. Winning the gold medal, so congrats to him. Yeah, definitely congrats. And it's uh, Andrea Kramer's doing the interview. Totally skips him. Yes. Totally skips him. Yes. And then right to Michael Phelps, and he's kind of like, are you serious? And at the end, she goes right back to him like, I wouldn't forget you. Don't worry. Yeah. And then she reminded the other three guys that she kept talking to Michael Phelps. When she leave, like, like thanks him for the interview, she was like, uh, thank you very much as we interviewed Michael Phelps during this historic moment, yep. gentlemen. Yep, I like, agree Basically being like, you know, you do realize this was about him and not about the four of you. And they were just kind of like shook their head and walked away. I thought that was really interesting. Like, Andrea Kramer being like, why were you wondering if I was going to ask you any more questions, guys? You know what I mean? Like, no. hey, why were you still standing here? Well, no, I kind of disagree with you because as historic as it was, for Michael Phelps, it was still a gold medal by the team. So I think, uh, you know... Hey, they they just won the relay gold medal, the ultimate, 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 the greatest accomplishment you can get in that particular sport. Uh, you know, do the Michael Phelps things afterwards a little bit, but give those guys some kudos. So I'll disagree with you a little no, bit. No, 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 she did. But when they were yeah. like kind of like standing there looking like, why didn't you ask us any more questions? I think she was like, congratulations. That's what she was like, congratulations on being part of this historic Michael Phelps moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. I'm sorry I didn't ask you any more questions, guys. We did. Did you realize what just happened? Mm-hmm. And that everybody in the world, or at least we think everybody in the world, wants to hear from Michael Phelps and not you guys. Okay. All right. The medal count, by the way, tied at I think 23. China and the U.S. Uh, leading right now. China actually has 13 golds to the U.S. nine. Japan is in third. France is in fourth. South Korea in fifth. Great Britain nowhere to be found. Big dog and Tunisia. Tunisia put a brief scare to the U.S. basketball team. Yeah, what was the final score of that game? <laughs> I said brief. Yeah, what was the final? Uh, 103-64, something like that. Oh, they scored a little. I didn't think they would. It would be that close. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be like I thought it was going to be one of those like 90 to 35 games. Yeah. So they actually put up a pretty yeah. decent. Yeah. So Tunisia up 15-12. I wasn't listening live, but I heard a report. Early in the game, I got a kick out of it. Tunisia leading 15 to 12. Mike Shashevsky has taken a starting five off the floor and brought a new five in. So he yanked LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and company because they were losing to Tunisia. I love it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think you would have done the same thing, Coach. Let's face it. <laughs> That's a lot easier to yank him when you got Darren Williams, Kevin Durant, and the rest of the boys. Kevin Love coming in uh, off the bench. But anyhow, uh, that is it for. Um, any other Olympic thoughts, Big Dog? I do, I do have some college football thoughts, but any other 
Olympic let's thoughts go, from your watching. Let's go right to the college football coach because uh, I, I, I am not watching as much as I would like to watch right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So well, first of all, you know, comment number one is we're you know caught in the Olympic game, the trading deadline, and everything. Uh, if you take a deep breath, if you take a real strong whiff, big dog, you could start on an August first here to get the brief scent of the autumnal winds of collegiate football. So that's my first comment is I'm I'm starting not I'm not in the NFL right now, but college football, the uh the goosebumps are, are starting to get there. Uh and then, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, the smell of college football yes. in there, because I can smell it, coach. Yep. And there is there is a smell that comes out in and uh, I have started a tradition uh at uh at water riders and I, I have like this this unbelievable sound system and I can kayak the river and sing. Mm-hmm. And I can't sing well, but I can sing Bear Down Chicago Bears extremely well. Mm-hmm. And as I kayak and lead everybody back to the Montgomery <laughs> Ward building, yeah. through the canyon, the canyon of towering buildings that are around the Chicago River, I scream into my microphone, Bear Down Chicago Bears, and literally hundreds <laughs> of people line the river and start singing it with me. It happens every day. My coworkers freaking crack up. <laughs> crack up. That's outstanding. And they, they like it even more because now I kind of bring up, hey, you know, you're supposed to tip us. So I say, hey, if there's any Packer fans out there, hopefully this won't ruin our tip as we sing Bear Down Chicago Bears <laughs> on the way home. And now people are like, you're supposed to tip. And instead of getting like $20 uh, per tour, I've been averaging about $80 per tour. And nice. My, my coworkers are extremely happy. So uh, I, football season's around the corner. Right when I get done, I stream how many days the Bears actually kick off. Even though people don't really realize I'm more excited about college football than the Chicago Bears. Now, some interesting things happening in the world of college football. One, uh, just on a local note, I don't know if it's national news, but Northwestern, the team that is uh, near and dear to our hearts, big dog, got uh, excellent news when Kyle Prater, the transfer from USC, one of the top wide receivers in the country, coming out of high school a couple of years ago yesterday, the NC2A ruled him eligible. He will be able to play. You know, I think if you transfer from USC to Northwestern, they should automatically make you eligible no matter what. <laughs> if Northwestern is willing to accept you into their program, yes. they should, people, yeah, go ahead, go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seriously, the kid actually, I am shocked that the kid has the ability to get in Northwestern. And you can say I'm being stereotypical or whatever. I, the kid's from, um, they went to provide the West. Yep. I played against that high school. Yep. Let's just say they don't really take studying too big at that school. I know a lot of the athletes from there. I'm shocked that the kids going there. I'm really that's cool though. I hope he has a great career mm-hmm. at Northwestern. And it's interesting too. They they rated him as one of the top high school wide receivers in the country. And his yeah. high his high school stats not very good because the football team wasn't good and they didn't have a quarterback. Oh, they were. But didn't, Proviso West is brutal, Coach. <laughs> Legitimately, my 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 junior year yeah. in, at 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 Downers Grove North. Okay, we beat them fifty six to nothing, and I had three sacks against Flozell Adams, the guy that starts for Flo- the Pittsburgh Steelers. Flozell the hotel. Next year we beat them sixty three nothing. Okay, and it was the only game my coach benched me. Like during like the first half, I played like the first possession on offense and defense, and then he benched me. He's like, "Well, I'm not wasting you against Proviso West." I'm like, "Are you serious?" And he's like, no, you're not playing another down. And I'm like, that's how bad they were, Coach. My coach decided to not play me my senior year during the Proviso West game. And we still beat them like 63 nothing. They That year, my senior year, 
we had zero Division One players, even though we had Garrett Sample, who set the, the record for most uh, rushing touchdowns in a season. But mm-hmm. Garrett Sample should have been playing at Proviso West. That's how stupid the idiot was. I, I can say that about my teammate. His brother went to Notre Dame as a great guy, and yeah, he was a, a, a crack deal and rapist that could not believe that was on our team. Mm-hmm. But he averaged 15 yards a carry and 38 touchdowns. They had five players get Division One uh, scholarships. We had zero, and we beat them 63 to nothing. Wasn't famous Hulbert one of their uh, offensive linemen? Uh, that was probably that was, after your day, though. That was definitely after me, Coach. Too. Yep. But yeah, I can't tell you how many Hubert Thompson, all these guys, yep. all these, all these like guys that go play in the NFL, and we would destroy them. We would destroy them. As I can't explain it. And Sean Prater, another thing, it doesn't surprise me that he was one of the top players in the country, and he probably only averaged like five catches a game. Mm-hmm. Kyle Prater. Anyhow, he's, okay? he's eligible for Northwestern. Good news there. Another transfer situation, and we get into the whole, uh, is it cool or is it not cool, for lack of professional terms, to recruit the Penn State players that are now eligible, but their top running back has a transferred. He will be immediately eligible, and he'll be in the rotation at running back for the Trojans of Southern California. Uh, that's really hard for me to decide what you want to do, because maybe you wanted to transfer before all this stuff happened. But uh, uh, quite honestly, I could totally understand. I could totally understand wanting to transfer, especially like if you had dreams of a national championship, going to a bowl game, and all that other stuff. You know what? But I, I do know this. Uh, I like it would have been very difficult to rip me from any of my football teammates that I, that I've had throughout my life. I, I just ripped one in Garrett Sample, but I really could care less. The guy like he's trash. Uh, but like the rest of like my teammates, coach, I, I don't know if I could leave them. To honestly be like, no, I'm gonna transfer my last two years and play somewhere else, even though we came in together, worked our butts off. Let's, you know, if they, a lot of those guys have been like, you know, Penn State means a lot to me. This is a great school. We are not the problem, all that stuff. Well, if you say stuff like that, you should stay there and actually do something great while you're there. Just because you're not going to go to the bowl game doesn't mean that you can't make a difference in college football mm-hmm. and in the people in state colleges' lives. Yeah, and obviously there are, it is a unique situation at Pennsylvania State University uh, with all the sanctions that they've got. Now, Silas Red, I think, only has one year. One year left, and he's an yeah, NFL, okay. NFL okay. hopeful. USC, by the way, give me what top five team in the country. So, uh, But, David Olson, let me ask you, because you are a man of uh, high moral means. Yeah, and, Big Dog, I'll follow it up by asking you. I want to bring producer Dave into it, too, now. The recruiting of the players at Penn State, they're there, but technically they can transfer. Uh, Illinois and Northwestern are examples of completely different approaches. Illinois went there four or five days ago. Eight coaches. They set up interviews. Eight coaches went to Penn State, went to happy, not so happy Valley, and they actively recruited. The coach didn't try to hide it. He said, hey, it's something we got to do. Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald refused. He said, and his words were, that's just something that we here at Northwestern aren't going to do. David, and I'll ask you in a second, Joel. David, any thoughts on which way is the proper way? It all depends. It all depends on the coach. I don't think there's anything wrong in doing what Illinois did. No. But on the other hand, I you have to commend Pat Fitzgerald for what he did. Yeah. You know, it's it, Northwestern is missing out because most schools are not going to have the principles that he has. Yeah, but you're okay with uh, Illinois bringing a bunch of assistant coaches and setting up interviews. 
Why not? Because if they don't do Why it, other not? schools are. Well, what about respect other schools are going to do it? So I mean, well, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's yeah. right, but other schools are going to do it, and they're going to miss out. That is the counter argument, Big Doug. That if they don't do it, somebody will. What do you think, Doug? No, no, no. I I, I understand that like argument is if they don't do it, somebody's going to do it. But I, I think in this the the dam. I don't know how much damage it does to your own program, but how much gain do you get from getting possibly getting a player or two when you? Yep. Just flat out send eight of your coaches over there. Yeah, you know, and I guess if you're going to do it, might as well go all the way. Hey, with it, you know, we don't have, we can't recruit anybody right now, so let's send everybody over there to try to uh, pull apart their program. I, 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 I don't, I didn't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it that much, coach. Yeah. I really don't like it. I, 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 I'd rather, I prefer they'd rather do what Northwestern did. To be quite honest with you, if yeah. those kids wanted to go to Illinois. I could have easily put something out there like, hey, if you're interested in Illinois, we'll be more than willing to talk to you. And that's all they needed to say, to go out there and openly recruit with their whole staff, on a, especially an in-conference team. I don't, that It bothers me a little bit. And how many teams, nobody's going to transfer in-conference. If you're at Penn State, are you really going to go to Michigan State or Illinois or, or Ohio State? Do you really think someone's going to do that? Possibly. Possible. Well, unlikely. They, they, you're right. I won't say unlikely. I'll say less likely. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I agree with your comments right there. I didn't didn't and I'm an Illinois fan, but getting to be less so as the days go on. Their brand new coach Tim Beckman took a couple of steps down in my particular eyes for uh, making that particular. And, and I was going to bring that up. And maybe in the first year of of being there, and don't forget, like he wasn't in during the whole recruiting process. Maybe he almost feels like he missed out on recruiting, and he knows there's so many holes on this team that he has to do something to figure it out. You know, I mean, it's like a desperate move more than it doesn't. It doesn't show lack of character as much as it shows desperation on their part. Mm. How about that? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We'll see. Illinois uh, college football there, you know, first year with a brand new coach. He was not their first choice, not their second choice. We'll see how that works out. But I thought it was interesting, the different approaches uh, in recruiting the Penn State player. Now, let me take a step further back because both of us were uh, off. Not together, not on the air when the sanctions came out for Penn State. I immediately had some strong thoughts. And, Big Dog, I think you would, too. And my, my immediate thought on it, and talk a little college football here, feel free to join us. Dog and the coach at your service, 888-463-6748. My initial reaction was terrible, brutal by the NCAA. And the NCAA should have just stayed out of it. None of your business. The, pe- know, the people have been suspended. They've been penalized. They lost their job. In the case of Joe Pa, he is no longer with us. Don't let it affect the people that are there now. They learned their lesson. NCAA, get the hell out of there. The damage has been done. Sandusky's in jail, and let Penn State play football. That's my opinion. Uh, you're you're totally 100 percent right. What does punishing a bunch of kids that yep. were 10 years old when all of this happened, yep. or less? have anything to do with justice in this case. I understand Penn State deserves punishment. They do. If you have people like Tim Curley and and, and others, I I won't bring up Joe Paterno. I don't want to get into that argument with you right now. But if you have people just being totally trying to think they're above the law, something has to be done. Penalize the program by $60 million for one year of football revenue, that actually makes total sense to me. Okay, But to say, oh, all of these kids, oh, no, this is okay. They can transfer wherever they want. Oh, we know how hard that is. And yes, Illinois has a bunch of players, uh, coaches in there trying to move guys over and all this other stuff. But to actually say these players cannot go to a bowl game that are in your program already. They can't go to a bowl game. 
Okay. Oh, and, and by the way, the one that decided to go to your program that still can't go to a bowl game for four years, there'll be less of them. There'll be yep. 20 less per uh, 10 the first year and mm-hmm. 20 uh, less per year for the four years after that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, How does giving less scholarships, giving less student-athletes opportunity yep. for a free education the only argument. The only argument, and it's it's a s- small, it's legitimate, but it's small. It's not enough to overcome, is that it, it shows other colleges, hey, don't do that or the same will happen to you. I see that a little bit, but that's not enough of an argument because you're directly affecting kids, not just the football player, but the student body. You know, that gets into the enthusiasm. That's part of the college life. You're only in college for a few years, and that's part of what you enjoy. Big Dog, the thing I found most appalling, unless I got this wrong, they took away all the wins, not from Joe Paterno's record, but they erased all the wins from 1998 to 2000-whatever. Are you kidding yeah, me? How can you take the year. wins? Of- no, no they, they, no, they did take away Paterno's wins. Well, but but I thought they took away the wins, period. Yeah, they did all together. Well, that's ridiculous. Take them off at Joe Pa's career coaching record if you want to do that. That's fine. But you're going you're gonna to discount all the wins, all the bowl victories, the championships uh-huh. those players uh, rightfully earned because yeah. of what three or four people might have known and didn't do? That, that, that was completely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I know they they uh, they they won an Orange Bowl versus Bowden and, and Florida State in January of '06. I, I think they have to return that trophy. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? They have to return the trophy. Well, I know this. All that all those players on that '05 team realized that they were the second best team in the Big Ten, uh, the third best team, fourth best team in the country, and <laughs> really won the Orange Bowl. No matter what, they won the bowl, the Orange yeah. Bowl, even though they. I don't know if they're going to have to return their Orange Bowl uh, championship uh, rings back to the NCAA, but they know they won that football game. And I agree, mm-hmm. Coach. It's, it's, it's that doesn't bother me so much. It really doesn't bother me as much as uh, losing the, the the players there now losing their ability to go to bowl games yeah. and future players not allowed to get scholarships to go to Penn State. Mm-hmm. But that bothers me more than them losing the all their wins because in 1998. Someone came to Joe Paterno and said a boy was raped. Oh, is that the end of the season? So, so let's that, and don't forget. And then it happened again in '02, and he still didn't do anything about it the second yeah. time. He heard well, about again, it. I, you know, if, if you want, and again, I don't want to get in that argument now, but uh, if you want, take the wins off of Joe Paterno's record, but don't take those wins away from the players and the assistant coaches that might not have known about it. You, Bobby Bowden was asked, well, you know, you're the all-time wins leader now. Yeah. He said, you think I'm happy about this? Yep. He's like, this is one of the saddest days of my life. You know, and it was, it was, and he was emphatic about, he was also mad at Joe Paterno. You know, before the whole wins and losses things came out, he talked about, you know, this is, he's like, Joe and I have been best friends. He's yep. like, I can't believe this happened. Yep. You know, and he was out critical against Joe Paterno, which was strange. Mm-hmm. And then after they took those losses away, the wins away, he's like, I'm not happy about this whatsoever. Yep. You well, think this is really the, one of the saddest days ever in the history of college football, and, of, it, and it was. One of our favorite coaches, of Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern, I absolutely idolized Joe Paterno, one of his coaching, uh, you know, icons, one of the guys he patterned his coaching career after. So uh, he hasn't talked about it publicly, but I'm sure it deeply affected Pat Fitzgerald. I, 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 I bet it did, and I know it would. It would have mm-hmm. affected me. I'm not even a college, I'm not even a football coach, and, mm-hmm. and it really truly affected me because. I, I, I idolized Joe Paterno also, Coach. Yep. 
So. Yep, no question about it. Limited time left. Again, 888-463-6748. The phone number here, Dog and the Coach, back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, five days a week, one hour a day, every day, 10 till 11 o'clock. That's five in total, folks. Real quick, Big Dog, uh, the NFL training camps have broken ground here in Chicago. Uh, people are using the Irish term, bourbon, eh? As they're practicing in beautiful bourbon, eh, the home of what college again? Olivet Nazarene, right? Yes, it is, Coach. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts as the Chicago Bears are banging the pads a little bit, pardon the expression? You know, every single team in the NFL has a fresh face, a fresh look. Maybe besides the Saints, they're a little, I don't know what they're thinking right now. Uh, that's a little different than any other team's ever faced. But even the Carolina Panthers are talking big right now. The Carolina Panthers center, Matt Khalil, came out and said that the Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl this yep. year. So everybody has... Uh, has a little hope, and you know, Coach, that I've, I, I've, I've, this is the best Bears team that we've seen since the late '80s. I really, truly, deep down in my heart, believe that they have to execute it now. And for the first time ever since we've been Bears fan, I think they've got the whole package of a quarterback, a running attack, receivers, and an offensive coordinator that will actually call plays that fit the players that he has and not his scheme. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That would be like, like, hey, coach, I really know the Veer offense extremely well. I know the ins and outs of it, unlike any human being on the planet, unlike on besides Red Hawk and Pete Ventrilli, okay? <laughs> uh, and if I was the head coach of the Chicago Bears, I would realize something. I can't run the Veer with the Chicago Bears. Well, Mike Martz tried to run the Air Coriel seven-step drop clearing all over the field team when they had a bunch of sieves on the offensive line. Mike Tice realizes his offensive line is below average. And they'll call plays that won't expose them. And next thing you know, playmakers like Jake Cutler and Brandon Marshall and Matt Forte are going to have a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. Bears fans should expect victory this season. Optimism is high, no doubt about it. And everything and, you say is correct. And, but and, and Coach, and by the way, please, they need to win this year because the defense is so old they yes, fucked up. That is a factor. Uh-huh. That is a factor, no doubt. Julius Peppers, Brian Urlacher, Lance Spriggs, Timmy Jennings. Charles Tillman. I love Jennings and Tillman at the corners, by the way, with Kelvin Hayden backing him up. I think those two got Tim Jennings under underrated. But uh, but, everything you said is correct, and I agree with you, one of the more talented teams. But why is it, and maybe it's just my age and cynicism, that I'm reading less preview stuff. I'm skipping over all the Bear articles, and I, in fact, I have almost like some, some latent angst towards this Bears team. Any, can you help me out? I, 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 I no, you just you get angry over everything, Coach. You're like, I, oh, I oh, the Cubs, the Cubs traded for Babe Ruth. I don't like the way they trade for people. <laughs> oh, the the Bears signed Michael Bush. Oh, it's, they didn't draft him, so it's hard to like him. <laughs> what are you saying? This radio program is starting to turn me into a, a negative individual. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just like he. he like, you get upset about stuff that's been happening for 40 years. I, like, oh, this trade deadline stuff. Oh, yeah, it's the first trade in Major League history happened in 2012. <laughs> you know, like, I can't help it, and I don't even know why, but there, there's a there's an underlying angst I have towards the Chicago Bears. I'm not, you know, intellectually, yes, it's the most talented team we've had. I should be excited, but I've got, I got a negative vibe going through me. I need to get rid of it. No help you can give me, though, huh? I, I can't help you at all. All I know is I'm really, really, really excited uh, okay. for this season to be popping up for the Bears. That's okay. all I know. All right. Jay Cutler, 
his attitude, Brandon Marshall, his past, Matt Forte, good guy, but that whole holdout thing didn't smell very right. Lovey Smith still bothers hold me on, a little hold bit. On, hold out, hold out. Did you say holdout? Because I don't think he missed the Whatever practice. Whatever you want to call it. Okay, just by a photo that he didn't, didn't miss practice. It didn't set well with me. Okay. So maybe that's... Uh, you're, you're, you're also... I thought he handled it perfectly. The guy basically said, listen, I only get one big contract in my life. I've never got a big one with the Bears. And I, you offered me $7.7 million. I understand that, but I want a long-term contract. He signs one that totally makes sense for the Bears and him. Everybody walks away happy. Nobody yes. should be angry at Matt Forte. He did it perfectly. Okay? He did it perfectly. And if there's anybody that should have held out for a little bit of extra money on, on the Bears over the last 15 years, it was Matt Forte. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's our backup quarterback this year? Because, you know, all Jay uh, Cutler, Jay Cutler. I remind the Bears fans that I do it early, and I do it often. You're one hit away from Jay Cutler being down. Who is our backup quarterback this year, Big Duck? Why would I say this? You're probably going to remember. If, if Jason Campbell would have been our backup quarterback last season, the Bears yeah. would have been in the playoffs. All right. In, because instead they lose their, you know, five games in a row. They win their last game against the Vikings, mm-hmm. but that 0-5 eliminated them, and it was, that's quite, let's be honest, it was quarterback play. It was horrid right. quarterback play. Jason, Jason Campbell, Campbell. Um, good enough to step in, and, and with the talent around him, uh, good enough backup quarterback, certainly has plenty of experience that he can still lead the Bear to the to the semi-promised land. Yeah, yeah, think about how bad the quarterback play was in those five losses, and the Bears barely lost all those games, Coach. You know, they lost to the Chiefs 7-3, to and they the Chiefs scored their seven points in a Hail Mary at the end of the half. You know, think about if, if Jason Campbell's a quarterback instead of any of them, the way who's, to get nine points on the board. I don't mean to be negative, but who's our third-string quarterback? Josh uh, McCown. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Then, 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 the, then. Na- the Nathan Enderley era is over? They, yep. There's a couple other guys that possibly, but it looks like it's going to be okay. the Bears aren't even thinking about their future right now, quarterback. Beautiful. They have three veterans. Beautiful. Waterriders.com, folks. One hour, not two hours. Enjoy the day on the uh, on the Chicago River, Big Dog. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Have a great day, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Mucho, mucho appreciato. You're listening to this particular program. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Thanks. Have a great day.